Welcome to the Overanalyzers. I'm Dan. He's Mike. I'm drinking an aviation again. And what are you drinking? Uh, also a whiskey sour again. All right. Cheers. Yeah. Wow. That tastes like an uncooked omelet. <laughs> I put way too much egg in it. Um, all right. So we have uh, something that I think is relevant to everyone that we feel very passionate about. We want to talk about courses. So here's my experience with this. I grew up doing school, like pretty much all of us did. I went to college. Uh, I didn't do any post-grad work, but I was in college for a long time because I went from engineering to music. So I kind of doubled up a little bit. Uh, so I have done lots and lots of courses. And this thing happened that was kind of interesting. I had spent most of my life just in fully involved in doing courses all the time and then i stopped i graduated i was teaching for a while and then i started pursuing other interests and in order to learn how to become a software developer and get into that whole field i did a whole bunch of self-study and so i was kind of away from coursework for a while and then i eventually kind of came back to it i started doing some courses on coursera and edx and itunes u which was around at the time and i had this feeling like something was wrong and I, it, it was a familiar feeling. And I was trying to figure out like, man, I, I feel like I've had this same experience before. What was it? And I only recently figured it out. I remember growing up as a child uh, with TV being the primary entertainment, you know, broadcast television, cable television, that stuff, but the internet had not really come into people's houses yet. And so that was just my idea of entertainment. That, that was it. Television. You watched whatever show was on TV. And then I went to college and moved out and was away from television for a long time. And eventually Netflix became a thing. Uh, first it was DVDs, but then it was streaming. And there was like all these other entertainment forms that came around. I got into gaming, stuff like that. And I remember specifically going to our grandmother's house, having just not even seen or thought about TV for a long time. And she's got the TV on, cable TV. And it's just kind of blaring in the background and she's she never made the jump to anything other than TV. So that's just like her her life. And I remember sitting there looking at the TV and thinking, oh, my God, this is awful. This is like the worst thing. I never realized growing up how bad this was until I had completely stepped away from it and experienced entertainment in very different ways. And you watch high quality shows like Breaking Bad and things like that. Uh, then you come back to it and you're like, oh, this is bad. This is really bad. And that was exactly the same feeling that I had when I'd stepped away from doing coursework for a long time, pursuing my own interests, learning in whatever way I found to be optimal, and then going back to it. That same feeling of, oh, this is, this is terrible. This is a very bad thing. So, what are the, so that's my extremely negative take on the whole concept of courses. I think they are fundamentally broken. Uh, but what are your feelings? All right, well... You mean TV, just like TV, just like broadcast TV. What I mean TV. was that, yeah. You're not selecting what you watch. It's just on, so you're. Yes. I, my entire idea of television was what I saw. That, that to me was, that was it. There wasn't any other alternative. Television equals daytime TV and soap operas and reality television and the occasional serial show that has the same formula every week. Like that was just my idea of television. It wasn't until I got away from that 
and experience other things and realize, oh, television can be incredible. There's some amazing shows out there. It does not have to be that way. There's a completely different approach to it. And once I experienced that and then came back to it is when I realized, oh, this sucks. Yeah, well, it's almost like the, the course sort of chooses the, the pace that you go. Like I was thinking, say you go for a leisurely walk and you're just walking and enjoying walking at whatever leisurely pace you're walking at. Yeah. And then a a monster no, 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 not the monster. I'll go with the <laughs> sniper metaphor instead. A sniper calls you on the phone and says, Hey, if you slow down at all, I'm gonna shoot you. All right. And if you speed up at all, I'm gonna shoot you. <laughs> but if you if you stay at the same pace you're going, I'll leave you alone. Okay. Instantly, like you don't want to slow down and you don't want to speed up because you'll get killed. But all of a sudden, you're not enjoying this leisurely pace anymore, even though technically, like nothing, nothing's changed. But the whole thing is ruined. Like you don't enjoy walking anymore because if you stop, you'll get punished. If you go faster, you'll get punished. And so you can't even I don't know. You can't enjoy the, the pace you're going at. <laughs> And you can't change anything because this the system has been set in place now and it's really hard to enjoy things even if you would do them at that pace normally uh i don't know if that makes sense but no i like that's great I, that's like a weird version of speed and so like for me slow the bus down. yeah and if for me sometimes when you sign up for a course even if you would be doing that stuff normally on your own time for some reason, because you're forced to do it, you no longer enjoy doing it, and you just get this huge feeling that you you just want to stop, uh, but you can't. Uh, I have a lot of issues to uh, air in public about courses, and some good things too. Uh, that's That aspect is certainly one of them. This idea that a course is this prescribed uh, thing where it's you're you're like you said, you're, you have to go one speed. You can't go slower. You can't go faster. And the speed is chosen based on roughly the average of everybody taking the course. Right. So it becomes uncomfortable. I specifically remember once uh, this professor I had and he got, I don't know what set this off, but he got upset and he kind of yelled at the class and he's like, man, uh, this is so frustrating. You know, you guys are obsessed with your grades. You know, I, why don't you just learn for learning's sake, you know, like take some time and just explore something like, you know, we're here to learn. We're here to learn. And I'm thinking, man, how out of touch could you possibly be with the actual experience of a student? Like if if you want us to not worry about grades, maybe don't design the entire system that we're in and every single course and every day right. around grades. You know, I've never right. gotten to the end of the course and had the professor go, you know what? I'm crossing out all your grades. You guys are amazing. You did a lot of self-pursuit. I feel like you learned a lot. So like, we're just not even going to do grades this time. That never happened. So <laughs> yes, that's a, a, a huge problem with courses. But here's something that I think is kind of a weird side effect. Just tell me if this is something that happens to you too. I very recently uh, just did a course on Coursera uh, called Learning How to Learn. And it's actually a, a really, it's a good course and I recommend it. 
Uh, it's very, very easy and it's very short. But what's funny is that I've done this many times. I've taken lots of courses even after graduating and everything. And I go through this cycle where at the very start, when I find this course that I want to take, whether it's relevant to something I'm working on or it just seems interesting, I get really excited at first. I'm like, this is awesome. I'm going to learn all this stuff. I got this new course to work on. And I have this fantasy of myself, like sitting in a coffee shop in the evenings, you know, sipping coffee and working on stuff and getting smarter and, you know, oh, it'll be hard, but it's, you know, I'm going to press through. It'll be great. And that's always what happens at the start where I'm just, I'm super excited and I start getting into week one and going through all this stuff. Fast forward two or three weeks and I'm going, why did I want to do this? This is stupid. This has nothing to do with anything I'm working on. I'm just, you know, crawling through this busy works, things that I don't care about. I don't really, whatever. I'm just totally over it. And I usually start procrastinating and not wanting to, to do the course anymore. But if you think about it, that's pretty weird because that's not usually how I procrastinate things. For anything that I decide to work on, like some project that I'm interested in, it's usually opposite. Usually at the start, I don't really know how to start. I'm not really sure what needs to be done. I tend to procrastinate like getting going on something. But once I get the ball rolling and I start figuring out, okay, here's the, here's the fundamentals, here's what I need to do, here's what I'm working on, and it all starts to fit together, I start to develop a lot of momentum. And the middle part of the project is usually really easy. I'm really excited about it. A lot of times I get obsessed with it where I just, I can't stop. I can't even go to bed at night because I just can't stop thinking about it. Uh, and I mean, sometimes I run into problems at the end where I get around, you know, 80% done or something because it's hard to wrap up and make something, you know, share it or make it public or put a bow in it. But that's a different problem. Right. It's weird that the procrastination curve of a course is almost inverted from what I usually find or what, like what happens to me for other things. So do you, do you experience that? Have you ever had that happen to you? I have yeah. a theory on why. Well, let's hear why. Okay. I think what it is, is procrastination is a complicated thing that we've spent many, many hours talking about. One of the biggest components is the fogginess of something. If you don't really know how to start, you don't know what goes into it, it you start to imagine all the infinite possibilities of things you'll have to do, and it's this big cloudy mess in your head, and it's very hard to get going on that. It becomes a very scary, difficult thing to overcome. And that's what happens pretty often on some personal project or some subject that I'm just going to go learn about. I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. It's just tough. But one way or another, if you're able to work through some of that, the fog starts to clear. It starts to become more concrete. You start to feel more of this personal agency of, oh, I, I know how to do this now. And I, I, now I see how to do this thing. And it becomes very exciting. Like you come through the fog and you're feeling really good. When you sign up for a course, there's no fog at the start. It's the opposite. It's like you're, you've been set on a train, on a train track, and it says you're going to go that way. And you don't have to worry about what to do or how to do it or anything because it's being force-fed to you in a sense where the path is clear. It's right in front of you. You simply do week one, assignment one, or you watch the first lecture, then you watch the second lecture, and you do the problem set. And like someone else has laid everything out in front of you, and you just do it. And so it doesn't, uh, 
you don't have the fog. You know you're going to do the course. So I think it removes the procrastination at the start. The problem is that as you get into it, uh, you don't get that reward system of, oh my God, now I know how to do stuff and now I can start putting these together because you're on a train track. You, like you said, there's a sniper with a bead on you. You, you can't go faster, you can't go slower, you can't start exploring, you can't start piecing things together. You're stuck doing whatever someone else is making you do. Yeah, that's an interesting way of thinking about it. All right, my experience with courses is a little different because I didn't I didn't go to college for what I do. I well, first I got my AA, so I did go to college for a bit, and I don't remember a thing I learned in any of those classes. Yep. Uh, even though my grades were fine, but afterwards I I did what you did with programming, except with art and drawing stuff, and. I started experiencing learning like I had never experienced before, where it's me leading the way. Even though I had like learned music before and kind of done that, this was, I had sort of a mix of like, I don't know, I was more serious about it because I wanted to turn it into a career. Had, had so, you done any, had you done any art in high school or, or in your AA? Just a little bit. Oh, actually, yes. I took a couple art classes. I thought you did. I took two art classes in high school. I think just two and and a couple in college and they didn't teach me anything at all and i i would call myself not an artist at all until i was about 23 when i started teaching okay. myself and the reason and this is kind of a side note but the reason was is that none of my teachers knew anything about art they were just art teachers <laughs> like I'm sorry, teachers, but they didn't know, they didn't have the first clue how to draw or, or anything, any of the things that I wanted to learn. They didn't know anything about it. Right. So there was no way I could have learned from them. But anyway, uh, so after, after college, when I started teaching myself how to draw, I did take, well, most of my education was through books, but I did take two courses. I took one, it was sort of like a, it wasn't so much this super structured course. It was more of this like membership. You sign up, you have assignments, but then you are critiqued and you're given feedback and then given different assignments. And so that was at conceptart.org. I had signed up for that for a bit. And then I took another, actually maybe I, I took like two or three courses from a place called Schoolism, which if you wanted to pay thousands of dollars, you could get a... Uh, like a one-on-one -on -one with the teacher in those classes. But I didn't have that money, so I took the the much cheaper route, which was mm -hmm. you pay like a hundred bucks and you get like a, a very structured system to go through and you get, you know, you have assignments for week one and then for I week two or, or I didn't know you'd ever done that stuff. That's cool. Oh, I didn't do it for very long because it didn't, like I don't even remember what I took in schoolism because it was, I don't know, I just lost interest after a little bit and it just right. wasn't, keeping up with what I wanted to do. But the other one, the first one from concept art where, um, where I would do assignments and then the, the person would critique me and give me feedback. That one I actually learned a lot from. Uh, it was very, it was very direct. I mean, it was, they were talking to me, looking at my art, giving mm -hmm. me things 
that were very in line with what I wanted to do. And I knew that they would be good at, at giving me feedback because they worked in the field. And so that, that one, it didn't last very long. Something happened to the website and the whole thing. It's a big drama, whatever. <laughs> business and it, model didn't work. The whole thing died. But for the little bit of time that I was signed up for that course, I guess is what you would call it, it was extremely helpful. And so I, I really liked that one. The other one I wasn't so crazy about. And it's because, I think, because I got the cheaper one and I didn't spend the extra <laughs> money to get actual real feedback from yeah from people and that's probably why it was so bad but so i i have mixed feelings on on courses uh but for the most part i mean 98% of my education that has gotten me a, an entire career has been me going through books and and curating things to fit my needs and taking me directly to where i want to go and not taking courses be because of that feeling of like the TV. It's just, it's just the worst. It, uh, it just stops you in your tracks and makes you bored. And it, I don't know, it's just such a change of pace. It's like, I, it's like when I'm on my own, I can chase any new interesting thing that comes along and, go full speed ahead into whatever I want to. But if right. I sign up for a course, it's like, okay, stop. This is lesson one. <laughs> this is what you have to know. Yeah. And when you're done with all of this work, come back and I'll give you lesson two. And it just goes like that for six months or a year or something. And you're like, God, this is so boring. Yeah. So I'll just cancel it. Uh, so that's what started happening. Um, it, and, and I will see really tempting courses sometimes. I'm like, oh, I should sign up for that because I want to know that. That looks like something I need to know. But I keep telling myself, nope, it's going <laughs> to suck. So I'll just do it myself. Like, I'll just so I'll you come do, up with my own course. You do have this thing where you get excited at the start and then you realize several weeks in. I think, no, I think you are totally right. When you sign up for a course, oh, and this is another note that I wanted to bring up about courses in general, is that the entire, not just courses, education, uh, any sort of any book that has educational material, whatever, any sort of education that is in the public eye, they have to try to sell it, right? Like that's, mm -hmm. you just have to. So what they do is they make it sound like you need that information in order to succeed. I mean, you have to, and that's what they do every single time, right? Every college, every, every book, every course, everything. They sell it to you as being the thing that you need in order to succeed. And sometimes they're kind of right. Like the information that they seem to possess uh, is the information that you need in order to succeed at whatever you're trying to succeed at. So at the beginning of every course, you are immediately buying into a dream that you have, right? I mean, unless you're being forced into it. But, but say this is right. one that you have signed up for because you wanted to. You're clicking on a dream. You are signing up, putting in your credit card number for this dream that you have, and you want to succeed at this thing. So you're immediately getting the reward for it because you know that you're once you go through this class, like you got that knowledge that's going to make you succeed. Right. So you click yes on the dream, and then you have to do all the work. It's completely opposite <laughs> from when you're teaching yourself because 
you know you can't get that dream until you do all of this work. And so you're constantly given, and it, it's not quite this simple, but it's sort of like this. You're constantly given this motivation to do actual work and to get things actually done and to learn real concepts because you know that that dream lies at the end of all of that work. And so it is, it's like totally flipped. And, and that's what I've experienced learning on my own. I always have like this huge motivation. I mean, I, you know, go through all sorts of different horrible emotions all the time, but, but I always have that like driving force to continue learning. Whereas if I sign up for a course that dies out. So you're saying that you feel like a course is selling you a false dream sort of thing. It's like you're, the way I see it is that learning to do something let's say you want to be a, a great programmer and be able to do really cool projects uh you know you you find a course and it says take this course and you'll be you know you'll, you'll learn all the essentials of python and you'll be a great python programmer and so the the dream of i want to build this amazing game that everyone loves is a great dream but it's very hard and complicated but a course that says be a great programmer and start at week one and go through week six and do all the things it's like a dream of oh i'm gonna achieve this great thing i'm gonna be a great programmer right. at the end of this uh and it's very concrete and simple to execute but then you get to the end of it and you're like wow this didn't actually help me a whole lot on my journey towards being a great game developer in fact they don't really use python for game development so this was dumb or whatever yeah so are you are you asking me I'm asking you if that's a fair summary of what you're saying. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. exactly. And so, well, okay. So even if, even if that course is filled with good information, which a lot of, we might be trash talking courses and, and structured education, but I mean, there are some genius people that put together very good courses filled with wonderful information and and like there is good stuff out there but the issue is it, it has to line up with exactly what you want to do or exactly what you're going to do yeah and and like oh they don't actually use python like you're trusting whatever course or college or, or class right. or, or whatever to give you the exact tools you need in in order to to do the thing you want to do but so okay I want to get into this crazy theory that I have, but I don't think okay. it's that crazy. I think it's actually great. Um, somebody, I, I want to try to put into concrete terms why I have such a big problem with courses and in general, most formal education. I, I've been like struggling to really articulate this or really nail down what the problem is. So here's my take on it. Someone posted in our Discord a video uh, or a, an interview with this guy who he's a pretty successful YouTuber. His YouTube name is uh, Matt versus Japan. And it's an hour long interview with this guy and his kind of claim to, to fame or the, the, the hook is that he's just this normal white dude who has learned to speak Japanese so well and even in a pretty short period of time that most native Japanese speakers can't even tell that he isn't a native speaker, which from what I understand is 
pretty hard to do. Like, that's not really a thing that usually happens to your average white dude who learns Japanese. So he's just this really, really excellent Japanese speaker. And it's this long interview with him. And he talks about, you know, his methods and his general philosophy on language. And he's clearly has a very excellent way of learning language. And, you know, spoiler, he does not credit formal education with that. But they're talking about uh, this idea of comprehensible input. And there's this researcher guy that he he quotes and talks about. And this researcher is saying that he, they've done a bunch of research into people learning a language. And what they found is that the only thing that really matters in terms of acquiring a language is comprehensible input. And he defines this as a message in the target language, the language you're trying to learn, that you understand. So if you're trying to learn Japanese and you put on an anime and they're saying stuff and it's a bunch of sounds that you don't understand, that's not comprehensible input. That's just noise. And your brain can't do anything with that. But if it sounds that you are able to attach meaning to, where they say some maybe simple sentence in Japanese and your brain is like, oh, I know those words. I know what they're saying. They're picking up the sword of whatever and going off to fight the something, whatever. If it makes sense to you, that's it. That's the thing. That's what your brain needs to start getting the language. And this researcher is saying, we've studied people learning grammar, learning vocabulary, learning everything else. Nothing really matters. The only thing that really matters is comprehensible input. And so Matt is talking about this and, and Matt is saying that actually he agrees, but he uses spaced repetition and he studies vocabulary words and he actually studies grammar and he does all these things that kind of happen in a formal setting, like in school, like you would learn vocabulary words in Japanese and, and so on. Uh, and he's saying that the reason for it is a little bit subtle, but it's actually, it's, it's really critical. If you learn a bunch of words, if you memorize a thousand words in Japanese, that on its own doesn't do anything for you. You haven't learned the language, you can't speak it, you can't understand it. But what it does do is it means that if you go put on that anime and they say something, and those are words that you have put in your mind, even in this kind of contrived artificial way where you know the meanings of these words, it allows your brain to put that sentence together. And suddenly that, that noise, that stuff that you didn't understand before can become comprehensible input. And that's the thing that actually matters. But the studying the vocabulary words, studying the grammar, that stuff is there to allow you to get the real thing that matters, which is the comprehensible input. Make sense so far? Yeah. Okay. So I think that the reason we, when you get into this area of meta learning and learning how to learn type stuff, we talk about languages a lot. And I think probably the reason is that they're pretty measurable where you put somebody in a class and say, okay, you learn Japanese, and then you can pretty easily tell how good they are at speaking Japanese. And it's pretty easy to say, wow, classwork sucks. And actually what you need is this totally different experience of ex comprehensible input and, you know, being around people who speak it and whatever. So I was thinking, okay, well, what does that have to do with anything else? Maybe that whole concept, it just exists in language, but I do not think it does. I think that is one of the most fundamental concepts of learning. And this is like, like a minute segment out of this video. And I, I've, I haven't heard this even talked about in very many places, but I think it's like one of the most key things in education period. 
So I'm trying to get really good at playing StarCraft. And this concept of comprehensible input fits exactly with the experience that I'm having there. So here's what I mean. Let's say I play a game where I'm playing against mech. And I know that nobody knows what that means, but it's basically a play style where your opponent uh, plays very defensively for most of the game, just makes it so that you just can't kill them. They build up this ultra powerful death ball of an army and they walk across the map and kill you. This style has been around for a long time. I have always had a terrible success rate against it. And I would get so frustrated playing against this. And as we said before, frustration isn't just this thing that happens. It's a sign. It's, it's telling you that something is there. But I would play against this and I would lose. Usually, occasionally I would win through some fluke. Uh, but what made me so frustrated was that I'd play the game, I'd do some stuff, I'd make some moves, I'd build some units, I'd do whatever, and then usually I would just lose. And because I would just always lose, and I didn't really understand why, I could not understand what I needed to, to win, none of that game made any sense. None of the, I couldn't see a move and go, oh, this was good, this was getting me towards the goal, or this move was bad, it was taking me away from the goal. It just felt helpless the whole time. And if the in this scenario, the comprehensible input is the game that's in front of me. Like I'm seeing things, I'm, a, I'm making observations, I'm looking at the opponent, I'm looking at what I'm doing, and none of it makes any sense because I don't know what is supposed to happen. And so I can't evaluate little moves of, oh, I moved my army here and that was good. And then I moved my army here and that was bad. Or I made this or that or whatever. None of it makes any sense. And I swear I have not gotten better against that style for years. Like it just... I would play a game, win or lose, it didn't matter. None of the game itself was comprehensible to my brain, and so I just literally did not improve at all. And it is similar to putting on an anime where they're making sounds and you can't make any sense of it. So what I have done, like the new approach from the past however many months it's been, has been to take a scenario like that, like this game that I can't make sense of and I get really uh, frustrated with, and I go looking for information. I go watch professional replays, listen to guides from different pros or, or you know high level players and like start trying to find information that relates to this this thing and sometimes it's actually really hard to find the right information because it's it can be hard to know what exactly i'm doing wrong right i almost have the right picture but not quite but if i can start to find it and i start to piece that together of okay, I think I'm missing the main objective here. I think I'm not understanding this one subtle thing about the way this works or I'm, whatever the key pieces of information are. Once I identify those, then I can take those, start working them into some format that affects the game. And I at eventually come up with, in my case, literal flashcards where I, I've taken this information that I know relates to what I'm doing and I put them into these cue response type format uh, bits of information where I think, okay, next time I play against this, I see this, this is gonna be my response. Or when this scenario happens, I need to remember that this is the primary objective or this is the secondary objective and, and stuff like that, right? And that part of the process is I think very similar to setting up vocabulary words for a language in that that stuff does not actually matter on its own. That does not make me any better at the game. I can make all the flashcards I want to. It won't mean anything. But if I can, if I then go play the game 
and I play against this mech style that I've struggled so much with, if these things begin to work their way into my brain, then the game begins to make sense, where it's no longer this incomprehensible input, it becomes comprehensible input, where I can play a game and I can go, oh, okay, I lost, but this is different than when I usually lose because I realized that, you know, I needed to make banelings and blow up the hellbats before the zerglings engage the thors. And then if I do that and then I remax, I can I can beat the army. Like stuff begins to make sense. And those those pieces of information that I've collected and written down and worked into my memory, they start to uh they allow me to make sense of the game. They allow me to recognize patterns. They allow me to evaluate and continue to refine these subtle little actions and movements and things that happen in the game. With me so far? Yes. Okay. So I believe that for virtually anything, and I'm sure there's always subtle differences, but that is essentially the, the learning loop there are roughly three steps and and the steps are not like they're in a loop okay so you do step one step two step three and then step three kind of feeds back into step one so step one is to gather information relevant information stuff that is going to affect the way you do step three right so you get this information step two is you carefully reflect on how that information is going to change what you actually do like you think about what how do i currently think what is my current model what is the cues what is the responses how do i take that information and turn it into something that is like relevant to my actual experience and this is a very key part of step two you have to remember it somehow we don't stress that very much but it has to go into your memory you need to learn how your mind works and how you remember things and you use space repetition and so on and then step three is to actually use it and let that information create comprehensible input where you begin to do the actual thing and you recognize patterns and you let your brain assimilate that into these very low level, they like to call them chunks in, in most of the you know learning stuff, but like it, it becomes these symbols and these responses and these patterns that you have worked into what you're actually doing. And then step three, you know, doing the actual thing and letting these things work their way in usually reveals more pieces of missing information where you're like, oh, I know how to, what to do in this scenario, but not that one, which means I'm missing information and I'm going to go find that. So that, I think, that is my current best picture or description of what learning, developing a skill or an understanding of anything should be. And that seems to be exactly what's happening in language. And again, I think it's because we can measure language that we're able to recognize that and talk about it. But I think it is universal. And the problem with courses is that they're mostly just step one. They give you information. And you're there are exceptions to this. There are some times when a course can give you things to do and maybe you do manage to get through all three steps of this loop. But for the most part, you're stuck in step one. You get a bunch of information. You don't have to reflect on how it fits into your current mental model. You don't have to commit it to long-term memory. And you almost never have to actually use it and start letting it work its way into you doing some actual thing. That is why I hate courses. Okay, let me back up just a little bit. Okay. 
I think last week I was thinking about how you go about learning anything, I guess. Yeah. And this is, I came up with basically a, a four or five step process. This is my process. Number one, you make observations and predictions. So for me, it's looking at a, a piece of art and I'm, it's kind of complicated, but basically you're making observations about the thing that you're trying to do, that you want to do. Okay. And you, you list them all out. You make predictions on, on what works, what doesn't, what you want to implement, whatever. Number two is for me, it's mimicry. I then try to mimic this person and, and replicate it. That one's not. Anyway, number three is translation where I'm taking everything that I just observed, everything that I just did, and I'm trying to translate it into something that is meaningful to me, that relates back to exactly something that I understand. So I, I literally called it translation, where I'm translating all of these new observations into something that I recognize, okay? And then number four is implementation, where I take everything that I have translated into something meaningful to me, and I then try to go use it in a real scenario. So I'm drawing a actual picture. I'm using it in a, in a real way, not just a, a, an exercise or whatever. I'm actually implementing it into the thing. And then step number five is review, where you find, you then line up what you've just implemented against all of your observations and a, a concrete example of the way that it should be. You review that find all of the issues uh, and you find new things to then go right back to step one and start the process over again. When you say observations, do you mean that you're, you're like looking at someone else's piece of art that's maybe very good and trying yeah. to recognize? So, yeah. So I'm trying to make myself better at art and the people that are the best at art for me are certain artists and so i will take their pictures and study them and make observations about what they're doing how they're doing it and sort of guessing on or doing my best to figure out why they're doing the things that they do and then i take that and i try to recreate it and then i try to to translate all of that into something meaningful to me and then i try to implement that into my own piece my own stuff and then I compare that with the initial, the beginning pictures that I have, what is different, okay? Um, and then I, I review that, find the things that don't add up, and then go work on those. Does that, because when you were describing your steps, they sound exactly like this yeah. to me. Um, yeah, I think you're, you're talking about observing and trying to recognize, like to me, that is the gather relevant information part yes. of my made up three-step system which is yeah like that like you're trying to figure out what what do i need what do i want what what are the fundamentals of, of this thing that i'm going to go after like that is step one and that is something that like that part is what happens when you take a course although the relevant part is a bit hazy because a lot of times it isn't that relevant you're kind of just being given this stuff of okay here's a bunch of concepts and facts and ideas and maybe they relate to where you're headed and maybe they don't so the 
the way I was thinking about that is for years I've looked at oil paintings of these full figure people and you know all the artists that I really admire do these you know huge oil paintings of, of people and whatever and so I look at that and I think good lord in order to be able to do an oil painting of of these things you first need to learn every single piece of knowledge about anatomy and then muscles and then lighting and composition and and everything so you have to learn one through a thousand pieces of knowledge in order to then go into oil painting mode and then do the thing and and for years i've kind of looked at these paintings and i've studied them and i've I haven't uh recreated them or or actually done oil paintings like that but I've studied them and I've looked at them and I've tried to learn things about it and just none of it sticks. I keep thinking, oh, I need to go back and, and keep drawing more. I need to go learn more of this or that or whatever in order to get to that level in order to start. But after thinking through a lot of these things, I decided to just go ahead, do an oil painting of, of a figure, and then it'll be awful. But at least I'll have some kind of meaning to to attach anything else that i observe in the future to so and we were reading the book ultra learning and he's talking about directness so i'm thinking about right. directness how do i go directly to the thing that i want to do so i do an oil painting a, a couple of weeks ago and immediately now everything that i'm seeing uh ties in exactly to what i've done even though it was really bad all of a sudden i'm seeing oh this oil paint is thinner, that's thicker. I could have done this differently. This means that, this means that. And so immediately all yeah. of these things start lighting up because I've tried it before. And now it's like I have a base and now I can start building. To me, that is what I want to call comprehensible input. That's, I, I think, perfect because that's what I'm thinking of when you say that. Right. Like you're seeing things and they mean something now. Even if it's wrong, it doesn't matter if it's wrong. Like you still... You do something and it it makes sense. Like, oh, this is the right shape. This is not. This paint is good right. and this isn't. Like suddenly your brain is able to look at the language, so to speak, in this in this case, and it starts to make connections and it starts to actually understand it. You acquire the language. And as they found in language research, that's it. That's all that matters. That's what you're after. And everything you do is in support of that action, of that comprehensible input this is this is everything to, to me you have to do no it really is i, I agree i i'm laughing because i i feel exactly the same <laughs> i have a, a couple different points i'll just yeah go choose ahead. one i guess but at my job we get thousands of portfolios from students going to the top art schools and whatever, wanting to break into the industry that I'm currently in. I currently work in. And I, I see all of these portfolios and, and they are bragging about their degrees and the awards that they've won and how they graduated at the top of their class and yada yada. And their portfolios suck so badly that, I mean, it's a joke. It's hilarious how horrible they really are. I mean, it it's so sad because you look at them and 
And I've talked to some of these people at events and, and they're just, they want to, I work in uh, themed entertainment, which is the same industry as Imagineers and uh, Universal Creative. So they all want to work for Disney or work for Universal or design theme parks and yeah. be a part of that. So their portfolios will include drawings of Disney characters or a drawing of a roller coaster or they'll include like still life drawings of a bowl of fruit. They say, they'll say, my teacher said this was really good. So, you know, can I have a job now? Or they'll have some still life or a life drawing of a figure. You know, it was technically good or something in their class. So they think, oh, I should get a job now because I did an assignment well, or I got an A in my class. And so they turn in these portfolios that have nothing to do with the job that they're trying to get because they, they just don't have a clue because the whole time during their education they're not given and i'm not talking about everything but the majority they are not given a simulation of their real world task that they're trying to to get to uh what i did in order to get the job that i have was I did eight pieces as close as I could get them to the actual job. Uh, so I, I studied the art and I tried to uh, replicate exactly what that job would be like eight different times. And that was my portfolio. And it got me the job. But what happens is schools, a lot of schools and a lot of programs and a lot of courses, they just teach you a bunch of technical things without ever actually doing the work they never go direct directly right. to the thing that they're trying to do and so you end up with all of this like useless nothingness um, to me nothing that's to build on yeah that's like the vocabulary word idea where okay we're going to teach you a language by giving you a whole bunch of vocabulary and maybe like concepts too if you think about grammar grammar is a concept you could learn grammar right. and say oh i have it's not just a basic fact it's like a concept it's a structure it's a logic about how a sentence goes together that still doesn't mean anything unless you go apply that to learning a language like that's where the thing actually happens of you doing the thing and all of that other supporting information and things you put into your mind starts to click and allow your mind to engage the way it should right so for me in order to to have any anything any course you take or any bit of education that you are pursuing it it has to connect directly to the thing that you want to do and that's why people always say well if you know if you want to learn to draw you just draw if you want to learn to do anything you just go do the thing and that's actually totally true you need to start doing the thing in order to build onto it and and it goes in complete uh, contrast to the way that colleges try to sell themselves. They say, oh, if you spend four, six, eight years with us, then you can start a job. Yeah. Then you will be eligible to, to do the thing that you want to do. But until then, like, you need us to tell you what to learn in order for you to be eligible to do the thing. I may have said this before, but I genuinely believe it. I think that our current take on education is medieval like we're about 
where medicine was when they were putting leeches on people and feeding them mercury and saying, ah, oh, this one's still got demons in them and stuff. Like, that's where we're at with education. I almost disagree because I think they had it better in medieval times. <laughs> okay. Uh, Education-wise. In, in the French Academy, I mean, years and years ago, this was... The best painters, when they were, were being taught, or my, in my opinion, my favorite artists, I'm like the French Academy and anyway, their education was very uh, disciplined fund fundamentals and, and a lot of theory and a lot of hard science and work. And then they also balanced it out with real jobs. Like they would have to do these full, uh, complete paintings, where, which were an exact representation of what they would be doing in the field. So they had all along their entire education they always had a direct uh replication or jobs that they were doing uh alongside the hard fundamental stuff that they do yeah. nowadays uh i have a fly in my room uh, we can see it yeah it's really annoying but nowadays they schools will only focus on fundamental stuff and they will never show you because they don't understand yeah because the teachers don't work in the field and only not all of them, but a lot of the teachers just became teachers to teach and they don't know the first thing about working in the field. Um, so, okay. I have, I have two things I want to bring up. We're obviously being very negative towards yeah. <laughs> education and courses. And I think that's totally justified. I think they suck, but I have even voluntarily, watched and used a, a lot of courses i i just finished a course today from coursera and i have watched stuff on mit open courseware and it, like i i like courses if they're used the right way so back to my starcraft scenario right we've been saying that you need to go do the thing and that's according to this uh comprehensible input concept the thing is what matters that's where things actually come together and end up mattering at all if you don't do the thing you're wasting time it's it's no good to memorize a bunch of vocabulary words in another language unless you use that to support you doing something but there i'm playing starcraft and i'm doing the thing right i'm, I'm playing the game and i topped out i got to a point and this was kind of what spawned this whole journey we've been on is that I got to a point where I kept playing over and over and was not getting better. So doing the thing wasn't wasn't it because I had I had maxed out. I was no longer getting comprehensible input from what I was doing. So I, in a very specific, very targeted way, and it took me a long time to work out how this process actually works, I had to start finding information and getting, in a sense, fundamentals. You know, I'm, I'm watching guides, I'm learning things. I didn't necessarily take a course because that's not really a thing for StarCraft, but you know, I'm watching a, a whole series on YouTube from some, you know, StarCraft II pro that's explaining their, their ideas behind this thing. So to me, that's a, somewhat equivalent to a course. You could, getting fundamentals is very important. It's what allows you to eventually get comprehensible input, but you need that pipeline. You have to go through the process. And if you if you view it that way, you think the only value of me taking a course and learning these fundamentals is to go through that process and, and do the do the thing and 
you know, achieve comprehensible input, then it very much changes your perspective on a course. And what I found is that a course attempts to, they give you goals and they give you tests and assignments. And that's sort of a stand in for a real thing. You know, you watch lectures and then you have to take a test and like it kind of judges you and okay, how well did you pay attention? How well did you, you know, recognize the lecture? And if you realize that tests are silly and made up and don't actually reflect your true understanding, you know, they're quizzing you on vocabulary words, which is just the first part of the process, not the actual thing. If you if you understand that, then you can start to evaluate for yourself uh, what parts of a course are relevant, what things do I want to remember? And if you have taken any of our advice about how important memory is and space repetition everything and memory techniques you know how to get that stuff into your memory uh, and start to work it into your your real model where you go do something and it actually matters um, but that's how you should view a course and i think it's this depends on the situation right if you're in school you got to pass a test and that's that but if you're not and you're on your own pursuit then now I take a course and I get to a section that I don't think is interesting or it matters and I just skip it. And I go take the test and I fail it because I didn't watch this stuff. I don't care, it doesn't matter. A lot of it is is made up. Like I, I was taking this uh, learning how to learn course, which again, I think is great. I don't mean to pick on it at all, but <laughs> the uh, Barbara Oakley, the professor who I actually really like, She's trying to explain certain concepts and there's this one about uh, the way your your mind works and it she has this uh, example of it's sort of like an octopus that reaches through and like grabs these other parts of your memory. Uh, and that's, you know, that's just part of the uh, diffuse learning process. And I'm taking this test and it's like, does the octopus of memory uh, reach around to the back of your mind for this scenario, or that scenario? I'm like, look, I like this. I like this name. I like this way of thinking about it, but I'm not, I'm not going to go study the octopus of memory. That's a thing that she made up and I like it. I like those kinds of names. I like this way of thinking about things, but I'm not taking a freaking test on it. It's just a made up thing. It's like if you looked into my, uh, all the flashcards I've made about Starcraft and you like took one of them and made it into a test item that you tested people on. Like, what's the, you know, what do you do at the 340 inject pop? And the answer to that question is uh, radar sweep, inject creep, change camera, overlord, overlord. Like, that doesn't mean, it's just a made up thing. It's for me, it's 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 a symbol that represents something else that I understand. Um, but anyway, if you're taking courses, if you change the way you think about them, you think about it as a source of information where you are the judge on what matters and what doesn't and how you want to put it into your mind, then it can be very freeing. And you kind of free yourself from all of the metagame of, of coursework, of the tests and the quizzes and all of that stuff. Like it's, it's okay if that stuff is revealing to you what you do have in your mind and what isn't, but treating it like a goal is I think very short-sighted uh, because that just, it doesn't matter. Okay. And and we've both experienced that. The any courses we took, like you on programming or me on art stuff, it was all in in pursuit of of aiding this thing that we were doing, currently doing. But what a lot of people, and I think we both just kind of got lucky with that, but a lot of people will think, "Oh, I want to be a programmer or I want to be an artist." Well, how do how do people do that? Oh, well they take courses on these things 
and they study up and then one day they're good enough and then they become those things. So that's their thinking. Are we telling them not to do that? <laughs> are we telling them to, no, go teach yourself, that courses aren't, aren't good enough? What are, what are we saying to do? Uh, I think you're muted. Sorry. Um, we probably should figure out what we're actually saying here. Right, because I think we've just complained about a lot of stuff. Okay. Uh, be, because I think that's the biggest issue, is, is people really want to do something. I mean, yeah. and all of those students that I trash-talked, I feel bad for every single one of them because they right. really want to enter into this field. And so they, they give all of their money and the next however many years worth of paychecks to the college uh, and completely entrust them to teach them these things. So they really want to learn. Right. What, what should they do? Okay. What is well, the optimum way to do these things? Here's one observation here. I think that if you take a course, there is some probability that it will be valuable to you. And the probability is much, much better at the very beginning of something. So if you have no idea how to program, you just, you don't understand even the first thing about it. You don't know what compiler means. You don't know what syntax is like all of it's foreign. And you could take an introduction to programming it's, it'll probably be pretty good. It'll probably be relevant. Like the professor will say, okay, uh, you probably need to learn what a variable is. And you do, you're gonna use that. You need to understand that concept. They will probably teach you something eventually about object-oriented programming and inheritance. And those are things that are like, they're telling you that because they're pretty sure it's gonna be valuable and it will. Like it's not that hard to pick out some of the fundamental concepts. So if you took a very, basic introductory course, it'll probably be good as long as the course is good. Um, but the probability of that stuff mattering to you drops down drastically as you get better. Like I said, I'm yeah. pushing up against the the highest, well, not the highest tier, but a very high tier of StarCraft II. Uh, just as a fun little update, I believe that I was one game away from making it into Grandmaster a few weeks ago. I don't know for sure, but I got very, very close. And so that's exciting. So I've gotten pretty high up there. Um, but I can't even imagine somebody putting together a course that made even the slightest bit of sense for somebody at that level. That seems absurd to me. I can't imagine doing it myself. It's, it's comical. The only thing that would make any sense is coaching where you, you watch somebody and they play and they say, ah, oh, this is something I'm having, I'm struggling with. There's something missing from my mental model. Can you help me figure out what it is? Like, that's the only thing that seems valuable. So, I think a course can be great at the start. As they progress, it tends more and more to, like if you if a course is a train, you probably need to be going somewhere else. The longer you're on that train, the more likely you are missing where you need to be. So, how do I put this? Starting out, I think courses are great. If you want to commit to a four-year program or something like that to learn programming, understand a lot of it's going to be stupid and irrelevant. I'm sorry. That's just the honest-to-God truth. Uh, what you are seeing in uh, that industry, like uh, in the concept art industry of seeing these portfolios that are funny and sad, uh, I see the same thing. You look at somebody fresh out of school uh, who's trying to get a job to do something, and you're like... <laughs> man that sucks um 
you just so, wasted however many years of your yeah, life. Yeah, not all of it, right? Forever. Yeah, like they they learned some stuff. They do know some things, but when you get into, you know, what it actually takes to architect some giant project with, you know, a hundred thousand lines of code and all these like, it almost never is actually relevant. Um, so understand you're sacrificing something but i do think that if you if you understand the the learning loop like the way you really develop a skill then i think you could probably uh get a lot more out of it if you recognize that if you're going to apply for a job as a concept artist then everything you do try as much as you can to relate it to being a concept artist try to do concept art no, you know, I see where this stuff fits. That one. Yeah. Don't try to do concept art. Do concept art if you're trying to be right. a concept artist. And if you're trying to be a programmer, you better start programming something. Because it, we both did that, and it was successful for both of us. And, and that's what I see with successful people, is they, they don't learn all, this stuff, learn all this stuff and then do the thing. They do the thing and learn all the stuff right. at the same right. time. Like the guy who created Stardew Valley. Like... Uh, Eric What's Barone. Okay, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. He he didn't learn how to make a game, learn how to make music, learn how to make art, learn all of these things, go to school right. for them, get degrees, and then make one of the most yeah. successful games ever. He just made one of the most successful games ever and did all of that at the same time. Right. Be because you have to have the thing going alongside yeah. of any education that you add to it. Yeah. So here, a couple more little points on, on that. So 100% do the thing while you're in school. That unfortunately can be really difficult. I remember being in school and you don't exactly have a lot of time. So uh, that that is easier said than done. But as much as humanly possible, try and do the thing that you want to do or at least something you want to do so that things start to relate. So you actually get to step three of that or step four if you're you. My system is only three steps, so it's simpler. I think uh, I might take out my second step, but anyway. Okay. Well, either way, to the end, right? You want to get to the end. Um, you want to complete the loop. Um, if you're in school, there is always going to be stuff that just doesn't matter that much. Um, what I would say is that you should be the one evaluating what matters and what doesn't. I mean, if, if you take a course and the professor says you need to learn about variables, they're right. You should trust them. You don't need to go, yes, I am positive that I'll need this. But there are, you will take courses, you will get into areas where you're like, this is not relevant to me. I don't really want to do this. Um, so be as efficient as you can with that stuff. And you probably won't hear this advice from many people, but if you are going to be tested on it, you should cram for it. You should save the stuff until right before the test and then try to learn it right before. And the reason is that it's a lot easier to remember stuff uh, if the duration is very short, right? Like that's the idea behind space repetition is that uh, you learn something, put it in your mind and it stays there for a short period of time and then it falls out. And if you want to commit it to long-term memory, you need to review it on these increasingly lengthy uh, moments of time. So if uh, cramming is actually a pretty efficient way to get a bunch of stuff in your head if you're just trying to pass a test, it won't stick around for a long time unless you use space repetition. Uh, but that's more work, right? right. Like you're and that doesn't it matter if memory. it's something. Right. That if it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. For the stuff that does matter, you you should be thinking well beyond the length of a course. Courses are very stupid in this way that they don't, they're not built to respect the way your memory works. 
uh, which is you want to be uh, re uh, recalling things along this timeline where it, it ends up being committed to long-term memory. So if you are taking a course and you're like, whoa, this particular subject is very valuable and I want this and I want it to be in my memory, put hooks in it, like put uh, bits of information into a spaced repetition system to where it's something that you will review uh, at the later date. And that stuff will stay in your mind, not even just the little pieces of information you put in there, but the stuff around it, like you can hang on to entire, uh, very large concepts that way. So if you're playing the long game and thinking about being effective at, at some real thing, identify the things you want and, and put them into your long-term memory. I took three years of calculus. I've been through Calc 3. I've been through differential equations. I don't remember a damn thing about it because I didn't do that. I wasn't, no one told me to do that. I didn't think I'd like, I just didn't even think that way. So now it's gone. Yeah. So do that. The way I, th I think colleges and school kind of work like this, but you are, you tell them, hey, I'm willing to drive for a thousand miles. This is where I want to go. Which direction is that? And they say, oh, just drive that direction. So you drive a thousand miles and you, you then get out of the car and you go, huh, I'm not where I wanted <laughs> to go. What do I do? Well, you're just kind of screwed and have a lot of debt at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, so you have to be really damn sure that the college knows the direction to point you and, and is very familiar with the thing that or the place that you want to go to. Because education can sometimes or, you know, in a school system, four or six, eight years or, or whatever, or even if you're doing this on your own for, for years, education is a very long road and you have to be damn sure it's going in the right direction. So right. you need to be thinking of that destination the whole time and, and finding ways to check that you're making sure you're on the right path. Otherwise, you'll end up so yeah. far from where you need to be. In a sense, I would say don't trust anybody. Like, you're encouraged to do that, but don't. Like, <laughs> figure out where you want to go and, and as much as possible, you be the one to decide uh, what do I want? What am I going to get good at? What do I want to keep in my long-term memory? What, what is the thing that I'm going to do? What's relevant to that thing? Uh, like that, that has to be you. It's not even just this, you know, fight the power type of thing. It's that the, the way memory works, the way you learn things is that, okay, again, to, to Starcraft, right? I could go find some guide and write down a thousand things about it and and memorize it all and it would probably not mean much if anything to me actually getting good at this measurable game that i can play but if it's information that's personal that ties into specific things that i've experienced that i i know i need and i i'm really struggling with then that piece of information is not just a piece of information anymore. It's this entire thing that collects all kinds of experience and, and other memories and, and actions and patterns and everything around it. Like it becomes infinitely more valuable than just this rote memorization thing. So it's not just that like, I want to be the one deciding what I need to learn. It's that I kind of have to be because that's just how your mind works. And the information becomes so much more valuable if if you're relating it to you and what you need and what you want and what you're actually doing. So 
I, as much as possible, if you're in school having to do this stuff, try and bend those things to what you want to make them personal and valuable and interesting because then it just matters so much more. Yeah, don't trust your parents and don't trust your teachers. Yeah, yeah. Well, All because right. you end up totally alone at the end anyway. But... Right, you're going to be out, out there by yourself. All right, we've probably complained enough. Yeah, any closing thoughts? Just be careful when you sign up for a course. <laughs> or just, yeah, take what take what you think is valuable. And for me, my... Uh, the concept I'm obsessed with right now is this idea of comprehensible input. Yeah. Think about it. See if it makes sense with, with you. I hadn't heard that term or applied it, but that's I am totally on the same page as that. I really like that. Too. All right. Thanks, everybody. We will see you. Not, um, we won't see you next week. See you the week after. All right.